We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the first ever DTF podcast that is recorded after we did a live broadcast. We are back from Greenville. Uh, I've I've recovered from my Sunday morning hangover, which was... uh, you know, waking up for a 7.30 a.m. flight was was not that pleasant. Um, it was the first time I've ever seen T.O. say, we're going to the bar, we got to celebrate. So I figured <laughs> it was something that had to be done. Uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, my name is Rob Dosser. I have here Terrence Oglesby. I have here John Fanta. Uh, and we just had one of, the, one of the more memorable weekends I think I've ever had covering college basketball. Gentlemen, we're going to do a reset for all of the big six power conferences um, but before we do, I just want to talk a little bit about that weekend we just had because that was a uh, fantastic. That was a lot of fun in Greenville. You know, To knows about Greenville. I didn't know anything about Greenville. That was a blast. No, I, I didn't know much about it. But what I took away was the people, the food, the food. and the tremendous college basketball that we watched made for a collectively outstanding experience. It was a dream weekend for us at the Field of 68. Our first ever live game broadcast featured quite possibly, in fact, I don't care what anybody else thinks, I will name it as the wildest college basketball game of the season thus far. Because Furman was up by 24 points on Stephen F. Austin. The Lumberjacks came all the way back, not just to tie it, they took the lead, and for a moment, it looked like they were going to win. A three gets called off due to a shot clock violation that was reviewed for what seemed like Endless amounts of time. I was too busy with a bucket of chicken. And then (laughs) Berman wins it after calling a timeout they didn't have, which we could talk about this whole new philosophy of, hey, maybe calling timeouts that you don't have is the worst thing in the world for a couple of reasons, because we've now seen a couple of games that have been impacted by this. Right. By, by giving up one free throw, I guess it should have been two. Um, Furman had the basketball. Whether it was one or two, it doesn't matter because Mike Bothwell isn't human and lifted the Paladins with 36 points. The game was all time. Greenville was incredible. Hall's Steakhouse, Hall's, 
you get an A plus and a bow from me and mm -hmm. just so deeply appreciative of the people of Greenville and Furman for welcoming us with open arms. Guys, this past weekend was why we all work in college basketball. It, it was it was really like it reinforced our love for the sport. I, I That's how I feel, at least coming away from that. Yeah, it was it was really a lot of fun, and I'm glad you guys got to come down. You guys didn't get to come to my house because I live about 40 minutes outside. I was gonna outside of Greenville, but I was going to invite you guys over if we had a little more time. But regardless, uh, Main Street in Greenville is, is a situation. And Doster says, "Yeah, we 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 went out, we had a good time, but uh, I didn't have a hangover the next day. Did you really have a hangover?" Well, it's because I woke up at five o'clock in the morning to get ready. Okay, so yeah, that makes more sense because I woke up. I woke up at about seven thirty, and I felt fine. So well, I was a little worried about you there, but we a had a great time. Being, there's a difference between still being drunk and being hungover. That's right. Yeah, my 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 hungover, my hangover kind of kicked in at that point because it was one of the, like we didn't really drink much water there, and you know I, I don't want to splurge on too many of the details, but to suffice to say. Um, <laughs> T.O. made us order doubles, everything that we did. <laughs> hey, only three doubles. And then yeah. I was done. And then we watched the Arizona game, which was awesome, too. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of great spots in Greenville. And I'm so happy that you guys got to come and uh, check it out. I, it was just uh, – it was an event. And I'll, I'll be honest, guys. Like, I was really nervous about it. I, I felt like because we'd been working on it for a long time and trying to figure out the logistics of getting you guys down here and are we going to be able to do it, we finally got it done. And to have a game, have the game turn out like it did, I thought was awesome because whenever Furman got up 24, I was like, oh boy, yeah, like this is going to be that we're going to have to it, fill. It actually, it's going to be a it actually worked out pretty perfect because in the first half, Furman was kicking their ass and we can do all we were able to do all the stuff that we need to do to, do to talk about Furman, right? Mm -hmm. Second half, Stephen F. Austin played great. We can do all our Stephen F. Austin stuff, no problem. Get into it. Uh, you get to the final eight minutes. Then it's just completely ignoring all the stuff you prepared for. And like, let's talk about this wild basketball game. Let's break it down. You end up with a buzzer beater. Um, and yeah, T.O., to your point, uh, we don't need to go too much into the details of, of how it came about, but this was like an eight-month process. Right? Yeah, this I, I, I to, to, without going into too many details, like the, the conversations, I, I, I'm, I'm not taking any credit because ever like, but I started asking questions in April. So like for this to be able to kind of transpire and and Goodman and Doster and everybody just fully jump on board and Dagan and try like that was really really cool and to for it for, to be able to work a game with you guys I thought was so much fun Doster I thought you did a great job on side as, Dude, it, that is that is harder than that I is not as easy as people it's not it, easy is. at all. It's not because it has to be relevant. It has to be where you're at and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to sing Fanta's praises for a second because, guys, I'm still fairly new to this, and I feel like I'm pretty good at it. But to work with somebody like Fanta and not only, like, are you great on screen, but managing the game. Like, the, the way that, you know, there was a point where our audio was going in and out, and we were they said, throw it to Doster. And I was like, I didn't know if you heard it, so I started poking Fanta, and Fanta's just like, hey, calm down. I got it. As he was talking, he gets me to calm down because I that was the only reason I was kind of like, hey, Fanta, I was pointing over that direction. And he's like, he gets it over to Rob in a change of possession where the game slows down. After the game's over, Fanta's like, I have to set him up for success. I can't screw him in the middle of a possession to where if something happens, he's got to do both. So the fact that Fanta was able to manage the game, and it's such an underrated feature of a lot of 
really good play-by-play guys. Like, he managed the game. At the end, Fanta saw what was going to happen. If something's going to happen, he wrote down on a piece of paper, he said, get out of the way. Where he said layout was where he wrote down. He, didn't he handed say get it to out him. of the way. I didn't say get out of the way, but not, that's not get out of the way, but, but get out of the way of the game. Get out of the way of the game was basically how I took it. it. And it was great advice and it made for great cinematography. So, like, kudos to you, Fanta, because I've worked with some color commentators that don't have that kind of grip. And man, it was, I learned, I learned a lot from sitting beside you. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. The one other thing that I will note is that Fanta does men's college basketball games and women's college basketball games. And in the middle of doing like all of the big East and big 10 stuff that he does, he comes down to Furman and Stephen F. Austin. And like, we go and meet with Kyle Keller and he's the one sitting there leading the interview being like, uh, Kyle. So your, uh, your ninth man has been playing this many minutes and he sprained his ankle two weeks ago when he had 18 points, blah, 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 blah. So tell me about it. I'm just like, how the hell do you know who these guys are? Right. Yeah. Like how, how Furman and Stephen F. Austin with, with all of these other games that you're doing and, kind of putting into your brain how, how do you know who these guys are just i don't know it's a, it's impressive people that can do multiple sports and then kind of hop out of it and and jump in and, and grab uh grab a game like this and have it look like they've been covering the socon all season long so kudos uh kudos kudos to you for that uh for that john um i prefer oh, kudos guys i prefer kudos kudos <laughs> is that like tires it, it, <laughs> yeah right Right, I think I got. I look. I gotta say, man, we were. I was in. I was in Greenville for three full days. I didn't hear one person say anything about tires that weren't on a car. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear that either. But the no. But in all seriousness, Phantom, like it was really a pleasure working beside you. And I know you get a lot of credit for. I'm not going to say what's the right term for a lot of the the theatrics that you produce, but it's it's everything's planned and everything's in order. Like that was really cool to watch. All right. Enough of that. We kissed Fanta's ass just a little bit too much here. My lips are getting just a bit chapped. Oh, he stole my line. Yeah, I did. Oh, I did. my I God. Did. <laughs> you got you to gotta do it sometimes. You, you got to do it sometimes. Tell you what, it ain't a, it, it ain't a small ass to kiss. Yeah, I know. You, it's got a, lot, <laughs> got a lot of space there, Fanta. <laughs> Get your Burt's Bees ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go through. We're gonna go through. <laughs> We're gonna try to reset it as best we can. I'm gonna set the timer again. It's not gonna be as fancy as what uh Dagan Hughes is producing. Um, I guess I don't know if that's out there yet. I, I don't know if we need to talk about that yet, but uh, we're going to do six minutes on each league. We're going to break down. We're going to talk through uh, each of these conferences. We're going to start with the Big Ten. So, T.O., let me ask you this, man. It started. Uh, everyone said Indiana was the favorite to win the conference in the preseason. Everyone said that Illinois was the most dangerous team in a conference. Where do you stand on those two, and where do you stand on who the favorite is in the Big Ten? Well, first of all, favorite to win has now turned to Purdue because they have the immovable object in the middle. And Zach Eady has been, as far as dominance is concerned, he's been Shaquille O'Neal and nothing short of it. Like, he he has been incredible on all fronts. He's passing out pretty well. And those guys, even those freshmen, are able to knock down shots from the perimeter. Right now, that's got to be your favorite. in a Big Ten conference that, quite frankly, it's a comeback to earth moment over the past two weeks. I think that's fair to say. And it's come back to reality. People are catching up a little quicker. Fanta, Fanta you see that? See that thing spinning around here right now? You see what that is? That's T.O. taking his victory lap. That's what that is. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> I, but I but I digress. I, I'm still not out on Illinois. If you want to talk about that team for a little while, it, it just too many pieces. They have to. They still have to figure each other out with a lot of stubborn dudes. 
and a lot of guys that want to do things a certain way. And I think by mid-January, late January, Illinois is going to be firing on all cylinders because Brett Underwood is just going to wear him down. I think that's a big piece. Uh, Xavier Johnson, the severity of his injury, throws Indiana season up for question. Jalen hood Shafino is going to have to take a much bigger role on, on top of what he already had, which was a big role. Uh, so you're looking probably upper middle part of the Big Ten Conference, I think, for Indiana. They still make the tournament. Uh, I, I just think that their ceiling is lower just a little bit, depending on the severity of his injury. Yeah, it's uh, suffice to say it's not good. I don't know what I'm allowed to say right here at this point, but it's it's not good. It's a tough spot for them to be in. They've lost three out of four. Um, Fence, are you worried at all about the fact that Davidson struggled with uh, – I'm sorry, that Davidson – that Purdue struggled a little bit with some teams that aren't uh, quite on their level, and they are shooting right now as a team 31.5% from three. Yes, and – to be honest with you guys, that's why Purdue is fourth in my Fox Sports top 15 this week and not first, second, or third because I don't think they've played like one of the three best teams in the country in recent weeks. I think they've been figured out more. I think that they carried such a level of unknown entering this season that it's served to their benefit. It really did. Now, when you combine that with the National Player of the Year frontrunner, look, they are a Final Four contender. They are a threat. They absolutely are a threat. You can both say Purdue's a threat to be there at the end, but also has some things that should raise your eyebrows. And I think there's two sides to freshmen, right? Like as much as we've heaped praise on Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, sometimes certain guys do hit a wall. And I worry about that in the Big Ten because the Big Ten sometimes defeats itself with how these teams play each other. Oh, come like, on. It, you don't think that the Big Ten to a level? They just, but they, yeah, it's just, it's the SEC of football. Like they just beat up each other all. No, year no, no. That's not what he's saying. Struggle. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that they oh. beat themselves because of the style that they play. Everyone's got a five man. It's the only, oh, okay, okay, only okay. basketball so league in the world that. where everybody that. has a big, slow footed five man. You kind of need yeah. that, right? Yeah, and, and part of it is when that's all you see for then two and a half months, it's very difficult to adjust when you get to March Madness. That's a good point. That's a, that's I love. A good point. Well I love that Tio was so quick to just completely. I'll jump. Hey, I'll jump. Hey, I'll jump on my own sword. I'll jump on my own sword. If, <laughs> yeah, please if do. I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, so I'll, like, I'll, I'll tell you this. Please, let understand. me tell you something. Wait a minute. I, I do have a contender though. I'm okay. gonna be. Con I'm being contrarian today. Okay. okay, I like that. Guys, a team that knows who they are and isn't relying on one part, and I like the way that they've grown is Wisconsin. Wisconsin is nine and two. They are two and zero in the Big Ten. They have an un, they have had unexpected sources of offense. They have four scores and double figures of top twenty Ken Palm defense. Mm -hmm. They are going to be a very, very tough team to play throughout the year. And it would not surprise me if we turn the calendar to February and Wisconsin was a game out or in third place, hanging around because Chucky Hepburn's increased his role. Tyler Wall is one of the more under-discussed players nationally, but if you watch Tyler Wall in a game, you know how much he means. Mm -hmm. I have an immense, I have an immense respect level this year for Marquette. I thought Marquette played really, really well against Wisconsin and should have probably won the game. Wisconsin had a killer mentality and beat them. Beat them in Milwaukee in a game that I've seen Wisconsin lose before. I am higher on the Badgers than I ever thought I would be. That team is I am too. I am too. I am too. 
they have because they have multiple guys that can beat you and they have multiple ways that they can beat you. If they want to play Tyler Wall at the five, they can play Tyler Wall at the five. Um, I'm still in on I- Illinois ceiling, like you mentioned, uh, T.O. The one other team that I do want to throw out there is Penn State. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. in on Penn State. I'm kind of in on this idea that they never turn the ball over. They hit basically everything that they shoot and they have the most unique player in the country in Jalen Pickett. Um, so I'm, I'm in on them. Uh, all right, let's do this. Cause I want to, I want to make sure that we get to like kind of mid season awards player of the year has got to be Zach Eady, right? Is there Easy. any argument yep. you can make otherwise? No. no, no, there's no other argument. Coach of the year right now. Is it gotta be painter? Yeah. I mean, conventional wisdom. Yes. It has to be painter, but I think Greg guard, you know, obviously deserves some consideration there. It's not even a question. Matt Painter's the national coach of the year right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But but just to throw an extra one in there. Um, all right. I think it's time for us to get into the Big East Conference. Let's reset it here. Uh, coming into the season, Fanta, you're the Big East guy. Coming into the season, everyone thought it was Villanova and Villanova and Villanova. And then everyone thought it was Creighton and Creighton and Creighton. Uh, and now it looks like it's UConn, then UConn, then UConn. Where do you stand on the Big East Conference right now? Well, the league did not get off to as good of a start as it did last year and as good of a start as expected. I think we thought that this league could get six or seven teams to the NCAA tournament. That being said, the Big East was fourth in Ken Palm last year. The Big East is fourth in Ken Palm this year. The same amount of Big East teams that were in the net top 100 last year are still there. The fact is this, the bottom is really bad. DePaul and Georgetown have been horrendous. But I would say this, UConn, for how great they've been, has saved the league because when you have a seat at the big boy table, meaning top five table, you've got relevance. You've, you've, you really do. Marquette has been huge for this league. Marquette was picked to finish ninth in the Big East, and they're currently 24th in the country. Shaka Smart is actually a sleeper coach of the year candidate. I mean, he really, he really is. For me, guys, I still think there's a pathway to five NCAA tournament bids, if not six. Uh, and, here's, and here's why. Okay. The, Pac, the Pac-12 doesn't have a ton of depth. The Atlantic 10, which has stolen bids from a conference like the Big East, isn't going to do that this year. The Atlantic 10 hasn't lived up to the hype. Yeah. It, it, it just hasn't. The ACC, Terrence, if it was three years ago, I'm telling you right now, I'd be sitting here saying the Big East is in danger of having only three bids or four bids. Mm-hmm. The ACC taking steps back has actually been a, the biggest help to the Big East. Yeah. Because the Big East middle versus the ACC middle, it used to not be a competition at all. At all. So for me, guys, UConn's a tournament team. Creighton needs to figure it out. I don't know what's going on there. They're the big question mark. Villanova is starting to come on. So Villanova and Creighton are my two variables. Marquette's a tournament team. Xavier's a tournament team. And St. John's is the other variable. St. John's is 11-1. and one. What, what are they going to end up being? What mm. Will they be legit in conference play? If that team goes 12-8 and eight in the Big East, though, and they're sitting at 23 wins, they're going to make the NCAA tournament. So because the programs that we thought would be at the top are actually not, I'm still not out of belief that Creighton could hear their name on Selection Sunday. I think all three of us would agree. We still, If you had to bet Creighton will hear it versus they won't, I think Creighton will make it. 
to yeah, me, they still have they still have the win over Arkansas. They still have the win over Texas Tech. None of their bad wins have been any worse than a, a quad two loss, uh, or none of their bad losses have been worse than a quad two loss. Um, and Villanova, all their struggles, to they haven't had Cam Whitmore. They haven't had Justin Moore. If Justin Moore comes back, that's something that's going to be taken into account. Fair or not, that's going to be something that's well, considered. So just in time um, for UConn, Goodman. Talk. What the no, Goodman. Come you on. like my Cleveland Indians sweatshirt? Kick him out. For fans? Hey, we got to go. We got to go. go so, no, out. No, no, no. I got no. invited. No, it was a majority I, so, decision. I got invited by two people. Yeah, yeah. We invited him because, See? because Rob Dalster, he needed to be present for the state of the Connecticut Huskies message. So you, you tell us what the state in the UConn Huskies is. They're the best team in college basketball. We don't need they, they, what do you what do we have to say about it? That that is the least interesting Arguably. Thing to talk about. Arguably. It's not there's no argument about it. Like all the metrics have them number one. They're the best honestly they, they've covered I, they've covered sure. every game they've played. Sonogo might not score on Zach Eady. Sonogo might go scoreless. And Klingon might go back to the bench crying. Okay. Okay, I mean, this if is you want to, if you want this wanna, is wild. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. If Jim. you want to, if you want to hit your wagon to Purdue, Goodman, you can do that, and we can talk in a month. I just, yeah, go ahead, do it. All I'm saying all is, in. like, those big in. guys will be neutralized. They will be neutralized. I don't know. Sonogo's been hitting I'm not, shots. I'm not. Man. I'm not worried. Like, I'm. You think I'm worried about? No, come on. No. It's all right. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't need to look. I don't need to say anything because I'm going to be proven right. So. It, look, this is the comparable to how the What's the wager? Wait, wait, wait. What is the wager, Robert, uh, that UConn – I'll even give you an easy one. I'll, I'll give you an easy one here. Uh, UConn wins the big least, okay? <laughs> UConn wins the big <laughs> least. I'm going to give you UConn. I'm going to take the field. What is the wager? Whatever you want it to be. What is You're it? You're taking the field. Whatever, whatever you wanted to. I mean, they're going to win the. They're, they're they should best. win it easy. I mean, it should be going away. UConn is like the greatest team since Florida repeated in 06, 07. So they should win this thing by like four or five games, right? What What do you? What do you? What do you? Are you just you're trying to goad me? He's doing a no, first. No, no, I'm saying like this UConn team with Adama Sinogo, who I still think. My argument is, is and, and I know, like this, this isn't like I'm turning back the clock, but Sonogo or Josh Boone. In terms of what? Like, like all I'm saying is, like, it's not like Adama Sonogo here is like the, the 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 greatest player ever. We're turning him into like this elite level player while Zach Eady is out here eating children for lunch. Can we vote him now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's like Zach Eady and Sonogo, and like Klingon could be really good. I actually really you're, you're trying really you're, you're trying to do something you. right now. I'm not exactly. I don't. I don't know what you what are you trying to do. Like, just tell just tell me what the end game is for you jumping on this so no, we can get it moving. I'm, I'm well, giving you UConn. I'm giving you an easy wager. This should be like this is like taking candy from a baby, Bobby. Do it, Rob. I'm giving you UConn. Bobby, I'm taking it. the field in the Big East. I already, I already said if that, I then what do you want to bet? You name it. What's I, I got it. I got it. I got. How about it. I'll bet you this: if UConn wins the Big East, you get off the podcast so that we can finish recording, and To doesn't murder. I somebody. was invited on. I was invited on by he, by he two was. other people here. It's, yeah, he, a, it's this is not you. You don't run this podcast. This is a this is a <laughs> three man pod, and you got outvoted. 
<laughs> no, Jeff, I did. You got invited to the podcast before shit hit the fan. The, the, the cap flied. The cap flew off his head about twenty five minutes ago. His his laptop is currently fried. Oh no! Do you think? Oh, Rob, we got him at a bad time right now. Not a good time. I told him to buy a new laptop three weeks ago. If you, if only you would have listened to Goodman. Come on. <laughs> the loser. Card. And buy a new laptop today. That's my Christmas present to you, Bobby. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Yeah, how about this? How about you make your Christmas present be you get off the Zoom? <laughs> Listen, until the two other people who have voices who have votes in the DTF pod also <laughs> boot me, I'm gonna stick around a little bit longer. Jeff, I enjoy their company. We had fun earlier, we're gonna have fun later. So <laughs> Me Are you T. joining oh. us later? Are you joining us on After Dark? Maybe. I might. Just to annoy Bobby. I might. <laughs> it's like working. Just, we, have, we have shit to do. Like, boot him. Fana, get him out of here. All right. Jeff, We've already been on here for an Jeff, hour. Boot him. we'll see you tonight. See you, and, boys. Uh, and on After Dark. But it's time for you to go. All right. All right. It's kind of like at the Christmas gathering. Get that wager, like, Fana. Fana, figure out what the wager is. I think a night out in Houston. Like, the loser's got to pay for the other's drinks the entire night. The loser might have to go round and round again, like Doster did. We won't we won't go specifics, but round and round. Oh and my god! You might have to do that again. <laughs> Get out! Go go! I think he's gonna kill somebody right now. Go, Doster! <laughs> go! That was that was like cousin Eddie in National Lamp. That's exactly what that was. That's such a good comparison. We are so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I right. he was invited to the party before everything went wrong. So let's get back to the Big East. <laughs> the Big East. Well, Ter like Rob, I do want to know from you how many teams is the Big East going to get into the NCAA tournament? So I I think that I think six is the number that I think Ooh. is is like what's possible, right? I don't know if they're going to get it. I would say uh, it most likely is five, but UConn's, UConn's in the dance. Um, I think Marquette's going to get in the dance. I think Xavier's going to get in the dance. I think Providence and St. John's both have a shot, and I think that Villanova and Creighton are both good enough to figure things out and get there. Wow, CTO doesn't they, think that. Yeah, so it, no, it I, th I think I think there's a legitimate shot for five. I, I think just because there's some, 
you know, Seton Hall, I don't think is there. Butler, I don't think is there. Villanova, six and five. We'll see how that kind of turns out. I, I think there's one kind of laying in the weeds, guys. And I hate to even jump on this one, but like, like Providence has got pieces. And mm-hmm. if there's one guy that can put those pieces together, it's Ed Cooley. And yep. he proved it all last year. And the pieces, in theory, those pieces fit. Now, their non conference, it was what it was. It wasn't great. Now, all of that being said, uh, they have won four in a row. They're heading into conference play. It, it could be a team that by time all is said and done, go 12 and 8, 13 and 7 in the league, just because of how you you get you keep them close at the end of the game, especially home games. Like it could be a team to be reckoned with that's a tough out for anybody. I, so I think five is more reasonable for the Big East just because in the non-conference, it didn't do as well as it typically has in the past or, or last season. But, but like, I think I'm five saying, would be like, reasonable. I, I'm, I'm sorry to butt in here, but no, I'm just going to be brief. Like, I know that the league didn't get off to as good of a start by any means, and the non-conference performance is not up to par. Having said this, the fact – like, the Big East doesn't have 14, 15, 16 teams. That's they right. don't have that many teams. Now, they're not, no conference is the Big 12, which only has 10 right now and still gets like seven or eight. But like in an 11-team league that includes Georgetown and DePaul, if you get five in, that's not a bad year. That's a good year. It, I, I think last year was an incredible year. But, but I'm but just th- saying it for, for how crappy some of the talk is, that big least – I think it's only that because that's such a funny name. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. That's just, that's just, you can't do the same. We can't make this argument, Fanta. We can't make this argument. And then the ACC, you turn around and be like, look how bad it is because Louisville and Florida state and all that stuff. Can't make that same argument. The ACC has more teams. That's, that's true. But if you do it per, you know, however many, was it five out of 11? What would that be? Slightly less than 50%. So seven out of 15 would be fine. The ACC for you. Because it's yeah. kind of the same theory. I, I mean, I haven't yeah. ripped apart the ACC. No, you haven't. But I, I'm speaking in generalities here. Like I feel no, like no, no. it I, still catches a lot of. The, I, the, what I would say is that there's more bad teams at the bottom of the Big East than there are at the. I'm sorry, at the bottom of the uh, ACC. the ACC than there are at the bottom of the Big East. Specifically, Louisville and Florida State, who you normally Oof. expect to be good, are now like worse than the teams you would normally expect to be really bad hold on um, we're speaking hold on but but at the same time everybody knew louisville was gonna suck it just a matter yeah. of it, and, their and degree while, of suck. yeah but while all that's happening um uh, north carolina the preseason number one also isn't living up to expectations i don't think they're like we're they're arguing and, four and they're gonna figure it out yeah we're we gonna we're, go ahead and slide to the acc right now no, yeah, but hold on. So we're okay. arguing about whether or not, like, who is less impressive, the Big East or the ACC? Like, they're both going to be fine at the end of the day. The ACC That's is right. going to get five teams in. The Big East is going to get five teams in. It's probably better to get five in an 11-team league than it is to get five in a 15-team league. But at the end of the day, like, they're both they're both fine. There's The, the difference between the top and the bottom of the ACC, I think, is bigger just because there's more nothing at the bottom of the ACC this year than there is the Big East. Uh, real quick. Coach of the year in the Big East before we move, got to be Hurley. Yeah, not even a question. It's not even a question, Dan Hurley. Dan All right, Hurley. and then how many? Who's the who's your player of the year in the Big East right now? This one's kind of tough. Go well, ahead, Fanta. Is it Sonogo? I think it. I think so it might I'm, be Sonogo. I'm Mr. Contrarian, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a player like I don't think he'll win Player of the Year. I want to be very clear. I don't think he'll win Big East Player of the Year. But if I was starting a team and I could pick one Big East player, I'm picking Andre Jackson. 
and you can have everybody else. He could be the best glue guy in the country. Well, mm-hmm. He's more than that. No, oh, he absolutely is. But I mean, his he- explosiveness combined with leadership is something that you do not make. There's a lot of spark guys on a team. They they add a spark. They make this play that makes you say, wow. They normally aren't the leader of the team at the same time. And they might add a glimpse. They don't defend for 40 minutes. They don't rebound for 40 minutes. They don't make plays. They don't get to the hardwood. The only thing holding Connecticut back would be injuries. That's literally the only thing. But the if thing Jack- they also have, they have the depth to withstand it. Like Samson Johnson hasn't played all year. He started the first game of the season. I agree, but Jackson is indispensable. They can ill afford to lose him. He does everything for that team. Yeah, he's the everything. he's the best defender in college basketball. The one one Another thing I will say is spot Sule Boom has been awesome. Yeah, he's been. He hasn't been, been really kind of good. He has been awesome. Right at eighteen a game, four and four, like. Mm-hmm. That is that is good. The UTEP transfer, like yeah. if he stays around next year, Bryce Hopkins. Yeah. But here, why, here's why, why would he leave? Like, Adama leave? Adama Sonogo is gonna win it. He's the leading rebounder and the leading scorer on the on the team that's gonna run away and win the like he's he's going to win it. Whether or not you like we think he's the best player in the league is a different conversation. Sonogo's going to win it unless things change. One real quick note. Um after Georgetown on Tuesday, UConn has Villanova at home, Xavier away, Providence away, Creighton at home, Marquette away. If they get through that run undefeated, like we're looking at, they might end up in mid-February without a blemish on their resume. Then why didn't you just take why didn't you just take that Goodman bet five minutes ago? I, I don't know. You should have I, taken I, that bet. Very easily could have taken that bet. And it just I I I'm I'm not in the mood for a lot of them. He's down right now. I'm not. Um, They're not going to get through that unbeaten. They're going to lose a game. Yeah, I think they're. I I would be. I would not be. And that's good. And it's good to lose a game, guys. Yep. You want to lose one there. Want to lose one there. All right. Let's move to the ACC because we kind of teased it uh, just a little bit. Um, Came in with North Carolina being a favorite, and I don't know if you necessarily feel the same way at this point. To where do you stand on the ACC? I. I, I, You know what? If there's a team I'm sticking with, uh, it it is going to be Carolina. Uh, I feel like, you know, scheduling means so much. You lose four in a row, you get Georgia Tech. And then after that, you get the Citadel. Like, and you saw them get them get their rhythm back, right? Like 24 assists against the Citadel. Uh, they're starting to move the ball a little bit again. Like it, there's progress there. I, I feel like North Carolina still is good. Uh, they're not final four good. I, I don't want to get that confused. I, I, they caught lightning in a bottle, but they are still a team that'll be in the top four or five the Atlantic coast conference. Uh, but then I, my, my team to win that conference, it, it's going to be one of two. It's going to be from, and both of those teams are in the, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Ooh. Virginia tech or Virginia. Uh, one of those two teams is going to win that league, Virginia tech. Like people forget the ACC tournament champion is the champion of the conference. Virginia tech is the reigning ACC champion. So it's not like I'm talking out of turn here and saying, you know, something crazy because Virginia tech has been really good for two years and Virginia is back in the saddle of being that dominant Virginia type team that we've come to know and love after dropping one to Houston, but without a hundred percent Reese Beekman. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, So I'm actually kind of, I'm down a little, I'm down a little bit on Virginia to compare compared to what I was uh, two weeks ago. I'm a little bit like I you shouldn't you be. struggle with Michigan. You struggle with James Madison. You get beat by Houston. But define struggle. Define struggle. Like against well, they, 
Michigan, they, they were down big. They were down double digits in the first half and had to find a way to win. Uh, okay. You beat James Madison by five, who's not very good. You struggle. I, I, I would home. argue. I would argue to the contrary on that one. James Madison is pretty good. Okay, well then they didn't cover. They scored fifty-five points against that's, the that's, James that's Madison par for, team. That's par for the course. You score sixty-two points against a Florida State team that's not very good. Like they haven't. They haven't looked great since since before Thanksgiving. Right, it's been almost a month since they've looked like a, a a team. Let's pretend that we had no context for Virginia at all this season, right? If you just saw a team that beat Michigan by two, knowing that Michigan got thirty piece by Arizona State, that beat a one and nine Florida State team by five at home, and beat James Madison by five at home, are you sitting here saying that's the team that's going to win the ACC? Yeah. Probably, but it's because it's because the margin of victory to me in Virginia doesn't matter as much as margin of victory with some of these other teams because they're not going to score a ton of points. I'll tell you what, I think Duke wins the ACC. Not not the regular season or the tournament. The regular season. Oh wow! I love their makeup defensively, and if you look at Kempom offense and defense, when you combine their two ratings, they're the highest in the ACC, all right? They've got a top 18 offense, and then they're 22nd in defense. And, and it's not much. It's not by much, but I just think we should consider Duke more than what we've talked about. I think that the thought process with Duke is, well, they're young, and so can they be relied upon to win a regular season championship? For me, I'm not as high on Virginia as I, as I was like Rob. Virginia Tech could be the X factor here because Padula has been outstanding. Justin yeah. Mutz is big time. They've got balance. They've got options, and they have experience. Yep. But consider Duke because of this. Their length is imposing. They're not going to get rattled by a team with size. If they make threes and Derek Whitehead comes on, they're going to have a chance to win the ACC. Whitehead is huge, and obviously him missing the game against Wake Forest uh, as we do this podcast, you know, it's a non-COVID illness is what Duke called it with him and Derek Lively. You still want to see those guys get in a rhythm and progress as time goes on. But, like, right. guys, guys, if Terrence, if you want to talk about Jeremy Roach the way that you talked about him in the preseason and Tyrese Proctor's hitting shots and Derek Whitehead comes on as a wing, the length there speaks for itself. Why, like – why can't Duke win the ACC? Because the last time they did it was when Shire was playing, I think. Okay. At least the regular season. Like, And, and it's it's been based on a team that, that has a lot of young players. That That's the only reason. I, I just think, like, the consistency in Virginia's approach, the consistency in Virginia Tech's approach, like, they're not going to drop some of these ones like some of the younger teams are going to, right? That's why I didn't pick Carolina to win the regular season because they, there are some marvelous inconsistencies there for yep. both teams. That's fair. So that's kind of my that's kind of my only argument. I, I mean, your your argument certainly has credence. It's certainly possible just because of that size and Filipowski and Derek Whitehead getting healthy and all that. I, I I could see it happening. It just hasn't. If you maybe go to a, a counter and say who you betting on, I'm hmm. saying Virginia still because I'm giving their experience, their defense, their toughness the benefit of the doubt. But guys, I I, I really I have been more impressed with Duke than I thought I would be. At this stage, I, I actually I like them. I think they're one of the ten best teams in the country. Is, is Kyle Filipowski the conference player of the year right now? Man, good question. He might be. 
he might be. I mean, that's the thing. Virginia probably doesn't have like if Beekman's a hundred percent, then he's probably got an argument. Padula deserves consideration, guys. He's averaging over 17 per game. He's shooting almost 50% from the floor. But I would probably look at Filipowski and say, yeah, he's got a he's got a shot. I mean, well, what? certainly for freshman of the year. I mean, you know, he he won the first four. And then Judah Mintz took over the last two weeks. I mean, there's certainly a shot there, but he hasn't been voted player of the week once yet. I I think there's something to be said there. I'm telling you guys, too, on the ACC front, yet again, yet again, Miami's going to be a tough out in March. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They got a a big one tonight. They got a big one tonight. You know what's wild about the game tonight? Miami uh, Miami at Virginia, or I'm sorry, Virginia at Miami. It's the first time since February of 2021 that the ACC has had a ranked matchup. Yeah, it's wow. that's, that's that is a wild wild stat. Um all right, uh I mean there's a lot of ways you can go for ACC player of the year. I think Isaiah Wong is probably in that conversation. Sean Padula yeah. is probably in that conversation. There is no favorite at this. I, shit. The I mean, fact that Sean Padula is in that conversation is pretty cool. Awesome. You've been talking up this guy for years. Yeah. I feel like it was the first time I met you in like 2017. You were like, hey, this kid, Sean Padula, you know, he's only a sophomore where the hell he's from, but wait till he gets to Edmond, Oklahoma. I think I know. I know Mike Young isn't at Virginia Tech yet, but when he gets that job, just and it was then with Sean Padula. And it was then that you said, I got to hire this guy. Yep, right there, right then and there. Um, all right, coach of the year, I would be giving it to Larinaga. Larinaga and Mike Young, but probably Larinaga for me, just because he's been he's eight thousand years old. Give him give him an award. He needs well, an and award. he he had a milestone. <laughs> I think he had his six hundredth win this year. Yep. Yeah, look, Jim, Jim's gotta be now he did get to the Elite Eight last year. It shouldn't come as like I, I talked with a couple coaches earlier this year who said, Man, Miami's got dudes again. Like they're they're, the fact that they got kind of overlooked again, like they went to the Elite Eight. And the reason why the coach said it was, he's like, we live in this college basketball world where it's always like what you did in March then determines what we think of you the following preseason. And like we didn't – we weren't talking as highly about Miami considering they went all the way to the Elite Eight last year. They also lost Cam Agusti, who was a first-teamer. They yeah. lost uh, Charlie Moore, who was one of the better pure point guards in the country last season. Like he, he wasn't through the first five years of his college career, but the sixth one, <laughs> there was some magic in that sixth one. So, like, that's why we didn't talk well, about them as much. You, know, you, know, I thought, you, I didn't get six tries. you get six tries, one of them better pan out. Hey, did hey, you see? You know, kid, you know what's wild about it? Off? Nigel Pack isn't even doing anything for him. Like, Nigel Pack's just kind of, he's just okay. He's getting, paid the, he's, he's getting paid the Miami Max. He got that Nigel 400, 400K pack is what he got. All right, let's move to the Big 12. Hey, by the uh, way, real quick, real quick. Did you see where this kid from Oregon, the wide receiver, got his ninth year of eligibility or something? Yeah. <laughs> Did oh you God, see that? Are you kidding? Yeah, he's got, he's, got a, he's got a bunch of injuries and, and graduate transfers. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's what's, the, what's the thing past the doctor? He's going to have a double doctorate. All right. He's got a, he's got a PhD. He's actually going to be, like be he a doctor not by the time a, he leaves. I'll tell you what, he better not be in a freshman dorm. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right, let's move to the Big 12. Kansas Jayhawks. Yes. Look like they are once again running away with this thing. Um, I don't know if we've had a chance to talk about it yet, but after seeing what they did to Missouri, after seeing what they did to Indiana, after seeing the way that K.J. Adams has emerged, like not only am I – saying that I think that they're the favorite to win this conference. Not only am I saying that I think that they are um, a team that can uh, th- that can make some noise. Like, I think there's real repeat possibility with this group. Yeah. Atlanta. 
I know. And look, this is coming from a guy that after the Bahamas, I was like, I don't know if this is a top 20 team in college basketball. Oh, oh, I we know. I completely reversed course. <laughs> I'm Everything I said back then, cancel it out, man. That was a dumb take. One of you guys should have slapped me in the face when I said that. How come you didn't? Yeah. That's how you know what that's well, how I know did. you guys aren't real friends. Okay. If oh no, no, no. we we did you slap me in the face. We both said you were wrong. <laughs> it's one of the few times we've ever agreed on something. But like, so here's the thing: is it just me, or is Baylor not as good as we thought they would be? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They're not, they, they can't guard. Yeah, that's, that's problematic for them. And it's actually, I'm actually surprised by that. I thought for sure that they'd be right there again. I thought last year they and they, and they still might be for the record. It's, Keon, it's Keontae George. He's special. He is, but he's also the reason they're not guarding. Okay, so then what's happening is you're sacrificing the team for an individual. I wouldn't say that because I, I'm not ever going to put that on Scott Drew. But what I am saying is, is he's still young. He's still very reliant on one side of the floor, and it, he doesn't show that same level of urgency on the defensive end as – the, re- the as his teammates uh so, there's there were a couple of rotations the last time i watched him play where he just missed and not just missed gloriously missed so it, he has to put effort on the right things and, and they don't have chamwa chachua like in how good of a defender was he like who's that tone setter for them i don't think they have that so they're not as good defensively this year i think that's plain to see yeah so, and, and i think it is worth saying fanta they are still sitting at eight and two they have a win over UCLA, who when we get to the Pac-12, like UCLA is really good. They have a win over Gonzaga. They just beat Washington State. Um, they smacked around a good Tarleton, Tarleton State team without LJ Cryer and without Adam Flagler. Like they'll right. they'll be right there. And they're still sixth in offense. Yeah. Oh, I know. Right. I, I'm I, no, no, no. I, I I'm saying I actually think like I still think they can make the Final Four, but however. I don't think for a top 15 team, they've, they've gotten discussed a whole ton nationally. I'm just, just, right. just denoting that. Yeah. Yep. Look, th- Kansas should be the front runner in this league. They are. Jalen Wilson has only elevated his game. Dewan Harris is one of the more underrated players in the country. He's steady. He makes them go. And for me, guys, like, you want to talk about fit? Grady Dick fits them like a glove. I mean, he, he has been fantastic in, in every way. And it's almost as if, like, when you don't have elite play at the center position, you better have shot makers. Mm-hmm. And they've got shot makers. And they got are them. wide open. Like, they are spread out. And Best KJ offensive Adams. technician. Yeah, you have an yeah. elite offensive technician. K.J. Adams has evolved. I mean, and if Ernest Uday keeps coming on, like, that, they could make it to the Final Four. They're the Big 12 frontrunner. I think that the most interesting storyline in this league, though, heading into conference play is, Guys, we, we got to talk about it. Like, here you have this situation with, with Rodney Terry in Texas where, like, it's unpredictable. You yeah. know, will they, will they end up being? Will they stay as a top 20 team? Will they stay on that level? I'm, I'm not even saying top 10 because I think it's so hard. 
Yeah, it's going to be impossible. It's going to be hard. But, like, my heart goes to the kids, okay? The players did not sign up for the whole situation. It's horrible. Um, and and I'm curious to see what ends up being the, the end result with Chris Beard in Texas and what Texas does and the timing of everything with Texas and how this all ends up. But, guys, that's a team on their best day that could beat pretty much anybody. They got they got screwed. Like Beard Beard screwed those guys over. And and you're right. The the kid the people that I feel I I feel bad for some of the staff members that uprooted their family to to kind of buy into this vision that Chris Beard had. And um, if Texas ends up making a move and getting rid of him, then those guys are going to have to relocate their families again, which is never an easy thing to do. Um, but I feel worse for the players, you know, because they they bought into this vision from Chris Beard, and they just have a limited amount of time. A lot of these guys. Um, if it doesn't work out for them at Texas, you know, where's where's Tyrese Hunter transferring to? What's Marcus Carr going to end up doing? You know, he's a fifth-year guy. Same with Dylan Disu. Like, there's a lot of people that put a lot of trust into Chris Beard, and he uh, he burnt that down. So I I, I feel for him. I Coach of the him. year. I, Coach of the year. Chris Beard? No, shit, no. Who is your coach of the year? <laughs> I like how you very conveniently got that out of there. Um, At this point, uh, Jerome Tang. I was going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the same thing. His Jerome ability Tang. to turn that. I mean, they're 10 and one right now and their Kim Palm numbers aren't great, but at the same time, they're guarding their top mm-hmm. 35 in the country defensively on Kim Palm. They have some guys on there and my, uh, you know what? You cannot escape this one. And I understand Jalen Wilson deserves a lot of credit for big 12 player of the year. Keontae Johnson needs to be considered a first team, all big 12 member. He is shooting 50, 50 right now. Or if not 50-50, he's right there at it. Like, I mean, it, this is a guy who p- gave up an insurance policy for a lot of money in order to come back and play, and it is going to pay off. Like, because he has been lights out. Shooting the basketball, being a go-to guy. Marquise Noel, like, he's another really good player. Naquan Tomlin's been as good as what a lot of people thought, including myself, victory lap. Here it is. And they just continue to play – Good basketball. There's a lot to be excited for in Manhattan, Kansas. Like, I hope they make it. I would give him coach of the coach of the year in that league. Yeah, that's that's a brutal, brutal, brutal conference. Um, just to kind of paint the picture for you, on New Year's Eve they play their first conference game against West Virginia, who is number seventeen in Ken Palm's and uh, and he would Ken Palm's rating. And he's my coach of the year. I think Bob Huggins is going to keep getting this team better. Look out for West Virginia, a team that. Was you want to you want to hear you want to hear an amazing stat, an yes. amazing stat. We haven't had one Big Twelve game yet, so you can't say that playing league games has been, has inflated the numbers. Kansas State ten and one. Kansas State we just talked them up. Kansas State we just said how good they could end up being. They are the last ranked team on Ken Palm in the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Fiftieth. 50th, the league, it, it's absurd. And that and it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. I mean, with, with and, Hugh, the fact that Houston's going to come in that league, the fact that BYU, BYU, but will benefit as a program. Cincinnati, guys, is asleep. I don't Ryan. know. I think BYU, I don't know. I think BYU is going to get their brains beat in. No, for no, 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 no. You're years. taking it the wrong. You're taking it the oh, wrong sorry. way. Sorry. I'm not saying they're <laughs> finishing in top four. I'm saying those, those are good programs. Yeah, you're right. Like, you're right. They're not. A lot of this realignment in the next five years, in my opinion, we're going to start to get wacky do with the realignment of like, don't start adding teams just for the sake of adding. Okay. 
Don't start adding teams just for the sake of adding. With the exception of UCF, you're telling me that Houston, BYU, and Cincinnati coming into a league isn't a net positive? It might oh, not yeah, be it for is. them. No, it's a, it's and a I'm not throwing UCF league. out like that. Like the reason being, I, I've long said that UCF is a sleeping giant. It's got the biggest, it's got the largest enrollment in the state of Florida. Right. So like, you're, but, like, but I'm I saying think, if that's I think the bottom once, of your league, yeah, it's the bottom of your league. Yeah. Like yeah. that league, the Big 12 in three or four years could get 10 teams to the NCAA tournament. Shit, they can get 10 this year, man. <laughs> they really could. Well, they really could. Not, Think about it. I Iowa State know. has a win over North Carolina. They're the second worst team in that conference. TCU, I know they had that bad loss to Northwestern State uh, that came without Mike Miles and Damian Baugh. They are currently a top 45 team in America. They're 9-1 and of the season. I could see them getting in. Oklahoma, eh, that might be a little bit tough. Oklahoma State, eh, that might be a little bit tough. Those are both top 40 teams. According to Kempom, like, it's just it's true. the league is insane. And imagine I know, I know we're not about it. bracketology until later, but right now, look, uh, you know, look, that league is I, insane. I will say, right, Joe, uh, Joe, no, no, Joe, Joe Lenardi has nine Big Twelve teams in the NCAA. <laughs> oh, good luck, guys. Good, good, good. That luck. league's a that league is a terror. All right, what's next? Eight, the uh, the SEC. Let's talk oh, about the it. SEC. We had. Uh, I said earlier that I think that Arkansas is still the best team in that conference. Um, I don't think that I'm going to backtrack on that. I would say that they still are the best team in that conference. Uh, I think Tennessee, valid argument for them. Alabama, uh, not quite as valid, but I still think a, there's an argument to be made for them. The only team that I don't think uh, that we had said that there's a top four, right? The only team that I don't think is currently uh, in the conversation for best team in the SEC is Kentucky, and that's because I can't watch them offensively. I can't do it. I can't do it, T.O. I cannot do it. You know, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. They're 29th in Kim Palm and and Tennessee's 50th. Yeah, And Kentucky's got the fifth best defense in the country. Tennessee's got the first. But it's what it says. Now I'm speaking on Jordan. I'm speaking on Kim Palm. Yeah, but so much of that is because uh, they just beat up on some bad teams, right? Well, there's something to be said there. And so much of that. Like so much of the offensive efficiency is just a result of Oscar Sheway doing Oscar Sheway things and going getting second chance points. Yep. No, no they, question. They are very difficult. Like I, I don't like watching them. I, no. I do not like watching them play. Is that bad? No, it's not bad. It's not bad. It, it, it is what it is. If I had to pick a team to win it, uh, I think Alabama and Arkansas are right in the mix. And I feel like Tennessee, man, they're just so big and physical. They're just going to beat the hell out of you and make it ugly. So like, I think it's those three teams we we had the I think we had the top tier in in the right place. We had that order messed up a little bit. Alabama should be in the top three, and Kentucky should be fourth. Mm-hmm. I, I still feel like we're that way. Uh, surprise team though, Mississippi State. Uh, my main man Tolu Smith out here doing work, son. Mm-hmm. Like he is as he is as good as advertised. And and coach of the year, as far as I'm concerned, is Chris Jans. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. To be, put, to be able to put a hodgepodge of guys together. And have those guys at eleven and zero right now proje- projected to be ten and eight in conference. That's twenty one wins in year one in Starkville, Mississippi. Like, yeah. pretty good, pretty good. We're saying that just for the record. We're saying that uh, they're about to play Drake right now. They're tipping off in about thirty minutes. Um, so if they lose that, uh, that TO's not dumb. He just got this done. Uh, we got this done a little bit late. Um, one thing. One thing I will say about Mississippi State. We're going to learn a whole hell of a lot about them at the very start of conference play. Because their mm. first two games, Alabama at home, and then they head on uh, up to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. Um, Fanta, let me ask you this. Brandon Miller, 
hands down, oh. hands down SEC player of the year at this point. He's my favorite player in the country. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'll tell you what, he could pass that thing better than I realized. Oh, it's amazing. I actually, earlier today, was on YouTube, and I just started watching him. I got to tell you guys, like, he, he is spectacular. And not only is he a superior talent, but he's a first-class act. Having never met him until last week, what he did in coming on After Dark at, at midnight in that interview setting, it's very hard as a player after a game to give competent answers and smile and be that type of guy. We, we talk to players all the time after games. Half of them want to leave. Half of them don't care. Like, it's just, it's just how it is. Guys, he was phenomenal. It's phenomenal. All-time after dark guests for us. And, you know, I think he has this great grasp of making the main thing the main thing. He knows what he needs to do, and he impacts winning. How many freshmen go to a non-Kentucky, non-Carolina, non-Duke, non-Kansas situation and take over a team in a way that unifies everybody and gives the team a Final Four ceiling? It's not something that happens every day in college basketball. He's doing it. His length, playmaking, scoring ability is all there. He's got the total package. He is the best player in this conference. That he is. I don't think there's any argument for anybody else at this point in the year. Now we'll see how it goes, you know, towards the middle of SEC play. But right now I think he's the SEC player of the year and freshman of the year. Uh, and NATO would be my coach of the year right now. Yeah. I don't know. I think Chris Jans just because of what all was going on, I, I, he's just done such a good job. And I think Tolu Smith, you know, he's not going to get that much credit. It's a little bit like when Jamont Gordon played at Mississippi state. Like he put up all American type numbers and just he played at Mississippi State, so nobody really. Paid can I attention. give a? Can I give a bad? Uh, what might be a bad take today? Yes. I get Iowa State vibes from Mississippi State last year. So you're saying they're going to get to the Sweet Sixteen? Yes, still could. Exactly. Exactly. Still could. Oh, okay. So I, I didn't know where you were going. I thought maybe the other way you were going was that they'll fall off in conference play. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, that's, both. that's what he was saying. That's what both. he was saying. I was I'm just... saying both. I'm okay. saying both. Both. Both could be true. Yeah. That's the only reason, though. And, and bear in mind, T.O., these coaches are going to vote on conference play. These coaches, if you ask these coaches to do a coach of the year right now, they'd probably vote Jans because he hasn't lost. But yeah. you, But there's probably – there's one coach – like Rick Barnes, Rick Barnes might sit at his desk and go, hasn't coached a game in the SEC. Screw yeah. him. Check off somebody else. Just saying. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, let's, let's, like, I think they're really good, but I, I agree with Rob. Like, I also am not going to overreact if they lose a couple SEC games early. That's my point. So here's, let, let's walk through how many SEC teams we think are going to get into the tournament, right? Top four, obviously, we think all think they're going to make it. Auburn, are they a tournament team? I think they probably are. Oh, but like I'm yeah, they're a tournament team, but they're a first round, first round out. I'm 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 kind of worried about them. Oh, come the, on. The, the saving grace is that there's not a ton of great teams in the SEC. Like the the middle of the SEC is not as good as I thought it was going to end up being. Um yeah, Florida, State Florida's is, been Florida's been a little bit of a disappointment. There. Florida's been disappointing. I think Ole Miss has been disappointing. Missouri's been su been surprising, but they haven't beaten anybody. Right, they're ten mm -hmm. to one, but what have they actually done? And Same then they got curb stomped by Kansas. Like yeah, stomped it. 
Texas A&M, I was in on them, T.O. No, I don't know. They just lost a bye game to Wofford. Yeah. So I, hey, I think I think we're looking at like six. I think we're looking at six teams, maybe seven, coming out of the SEC. Um, you know who's not going to get six, maybe seven teams in the NCAA tournament this year? Pac-12. 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 All right. Hey, man, like, like somebody's got to get in the tournament, man. That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, like that's the that's the reason big I'm thinking six, maybe the big, seven. The Big 12 has 10 teams that are going to get 12 into the NCAA tournament this year. That's how good the league is. Yeah, that's true. But like <laughs> the ACC, you know, you could sneak, you know, six, maybe seven in. Let's that get Furman in there, five, man. We don't, hey, look, we don't need, we don't need like the two bit SoCon. Two bit SoCon. Yeah. Four bit SoCon. Top of Four SoCon's bit. loaded. Yeah. Loaded, T.O. All right. Uh, Pac 12. Um, hey, we can go ahead and do this podcast until after dark starts tonight if you guys want to. No, I don't want to, which is why I wanted to get the hell out of there. Um, that was great. That sound that seems like it happened a day ago. Go ahead with the Pac-12. UCLA loaded. I have I've had the timer going, right? I've oh, had the timer going. But people, oh, okay. People people just don't stop with the uh, the the talking. Um, UCLA loaded. <laughs> Arizona loaded. Uh, I don't know how much we need to talk about those two teams individually because we talk about them quite a bit on this channel. But um, the one I'm interested in is Arizona State. How do you guys feel about this Arizona State team? Well, I mean, I think you got to give Bobby Hurley Pac-12 Coach of the Year today. Yes. Because, because he entered the year. There were situations in the Pac-12 entering the season that you identify clearly as this guy's got to win this season or he's probably going to lose his job. And we don't need to go through them too much, but like, look at what Stanford is. Look at what Washington State is. Those are guys that that are fighting and frankly there's going to be some changes made in the in the Pac-12 because they're not just they're just not doing enough yes at Arizona State the pressure was on and there was a total question mark next to them but Bobby Hurley showing the benefit of the transfer portal the Cambridge brothers have been fantastic Frankie Collins coming over from Michigan has really helped them guys they've got guard play they've got guys that can distribute the basketball, make things happen. And they're a team that when you look at what they have put together, that win over Michigan really catapulted their confidence. They, they caught Michigan at a perfect time, but guys, they're defending. They're playing yes. the way that Bobby wants them to, to, to play. They dig in defensively. It's not always pretty. They're not the most glamorous team in the world, but they're not going to be. They've gotten back to the philosophy that they were at three, four years ago when they were making the NCAA tournament. And guys, like, this is a really harsh business. Guys get fired and, and, and removed from their job. It happens all the time. So I think Bobby did a remarkable job this season. And uh, to me, they absolutely are a tournament team. And they're a team that could make noise because they've, they've got some options. They have real depth. They really do, and they're guarding. I think that's the biggest thing. And credit to Bobby Hurley for one thing. And that's – this is a Bobby Hurley coach team that was one of the fastest in the country year in and year out. They are slowing it down a little bit to where they are now 202 in adjusted tempo. That hasn't always been the case. So they've slowed it down. They're guarding. Uh, obviously, the transfer portal additions really help. But they're second in the country guarding inside the arc. Like, that's not easy. And if they are able to squeak out a win against Arizona at home or something like that, you know, crazier things have happened. Uh, I, there's no doubt that this is a tournament team. They got nine uh, guys. They, they got nine guys playing 16 minutes or more. That's right. So it's, a, it's a 
look, isn't that ironic how the Hurley brothers coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a similar thread there, but the Cambridges have been great. Um, and, and, you know, look, it's it's come without Marcus Bagley. Yeah. Yeah, he's only played twice. Yeah, it's because Goodman has been checking his Twitter the entire time. <laughs> True. He said that he said that to Bobby, too. But the nice thing about this team, like Rob and T.O., they don't have this 18-point-per-game guy. Right, got, which is a couple, blessing and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse, but, but because they defend – that they're able to hold through. They they are and legit. They give you a chance. It gives you a chance. They are they are what we thought Oregon would be in this league. Oregon's been the biggest disappointment. No, so, Cal's been the big, biggest disappointment. No, they're not because you'd have to. How how you'd have to believe? You got to win them. a game, Fanta. They're almost through their entire non-conference and they won a game. Well, you know what? That administration needs to look themselves in the mirror too because Cal is not operating like a Pac-12 program. That that it, there is a lot of truth to that as well. Uh, Utah, USC. Can any of them make the dance? I saw I saw Southern Cal play in uh, Battle for Atlantis. They did not look like a tournament team. Utah, they beat up on Arizona earlier this year. Was that just a result of playing at altitude, playing at home? I think that has a lot to do with it. Yes. Well, they got a lot of experience. I mean, Utah had pretty much everybody come back, and I think they're well coached. So for me, like that, they've got a shot. They've yeah. Utah has a shot, tough place to go and win. They could find themselves right around that conversation to make it, and they could. The the Pac-12 could could get five teams. It's probably going to be four. Yeah, uh, I but so. I yeah, I think Utah's going to find their way in to the tournament. I I like I, the Utes. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take back what I said. And one reason and one reason only, Brennan Carlson uh, is a tough cover. For anybody they play. Uh, he's really yep. good at the five position at over seven feet tall. He shoots the ball extraordinarily well. And they've got Gabe Madsen and Raleigh Worcester, big, strong, physical dudes that are going to old and they're old. They're going to take care of the ball. They're going to give them a shot to win. Um, you see, real quick, UCLA, Arizona, both of them national title threats or no? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Both and... of them. Mm-hmm. All right. How about this? And we can end it on this. Player of the year. Are you going Jaime Jaquez? Are you going Umar Balo? Are nope. you going Azulis Tubelis? Are you going with someone on air? Going with Tubelis? Yeah. yeah. He's been exceptional. Averaging 20 and 8. He's got two games this year of of 25 plus. Like for a man that size, he's got a 30-point game as well. His combination of finishing and moving without the ball as well. They set him up. And they, and they do a great job, but you also have to be able to perform. Arizona's high-low game is the best in the country. Yeah. I want to watch Arizona play UConn. It, it's it, it's my dream matchup of the season. There's like I've got UConn 1 and Arizona 2 in my Fox Sports Top 15, and part of it's because I just love the way that they both can play, and part of it's because I would love to see them play each other, guys. I want to see have, Sunoco have Ballo. playing to Bellas yeah, and Ballo. Yeah, you'd have Ballo to Bellas and then Sonogo and Kling Kong. Unbelievable matchup. And I think you'd see Sonogo and Kling Kong play together. It'd be crazy. Uh, I don't know if you would. I think UConn would try to try to take advantage. I think they would play Caravan. Caravan, I know. I know. Well, could I at least watch Good luck trying to guard those dudes with Caravan. And that's nothing against Caravan. I think that's nothing against Caravan, but I think they would try to make them guard on the perimeter. I think. I think and, what Hurley would do is like say, we're going to do what we do 
and find a way to make it work. Um, I would, I think I would still go Jaime Hawkins as the player of the year in the league, because I think that, um, yeah, what those two do is as much a product of Arizona system. And I think their numbers are juiced up a little bit because of the pace at which Arizona plays. Whereas if you're pick, if I'm picking one guy to start a team out of this conference, I think the first guy that I'm picking is probably Jaime Hawkins. And when you have a guy on the number three team in the country that's averaging 17 and six, that's projected to be the favorite in the league, um, who hasn't lost a game yet this season in the conference, I think that's who I would go with. But listen, this has been fun. I'm glad that we were finally able to get this thing all the way finished. Uh, it took probably an hour longer than it was supposed to for a lot of reasons. Many of them were my fault, but we got it done. So for- in a Doster fist pump, I've never seen somebody aggressively fist pump. As, as aggressive as Doster did after the game. Sometimes Merry Christmas! To. Merry Sometimes Christmas to. to all and to all a good night.